Demons Discuss, Take 63, The One with the Familiars. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I'm Valerie. With me is Angela and Jean. And hello, this is the first episode we're recording actually in the new year. Yes. Happy New Year. Hello. Happy New Year, everyone. Oh, we're not that enthused because it's been the new year for a week, but... Time walking. That's what we're doing. Time walking. <laughs> yes. What are we talking about today, Angela? We're talking about Shadow of Night 37, picking up with Mr. Stephen Proctor. Yay! Yes. <laughs> Yay. Yay. I didn't realize how much I missed in this chapter the first four times. Yeah. There's a lot of little details. And you know what happened mm. to me? What? I got teary-eyed a couple parts. Oh, what? <laughs> We won't tell anybody. This is between us. Okay. Amongst us. It's a secret. All right. So let's change the subject because you guys didn't hear that part. This podcast is sponsored by our Patreon patrons like Patricia Brophy. This saves us from doing ads. Our patrons help us pay for things we wouldn't be able to otherwise. You know, normally podcasters depend on ad revenue to do these things. We don't have to. Thanks to our listeners. For the low cost of $2 a month, you can be one of our benefactors. So thank you, patrons, and consider becoming one. Gene, why should they become patrons? Because there's so many things that it will give them access to. Our Patreon messages monthly, shows on the off week. Yay. They're... A treat. <laughs> yes. A treat, yes. Um, different levels of swag, including custom exclusive bags and stickers and all kinds of things. It's whatever Valerie decides to dream up when she has a little bit of time. A little bit of time seems like all I'm allotted lately. But <laughs> when I do have the time, I love to dream stuff up. So if you're interested in joining, go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. Okay, guys, let's go do some discusser email, shall we? Yes, let's do it. Let's. All right, guys, this episode, we're going to start off with a speak pipe from Anna. You guys ready? Ready. Yes. Hello, dear demons. This is Anna from London. First of all, Happy New Year. It's still respectable to say that, right? And actually, I have a New Year's resolution for you. In 2020, you've got to try martini. Or more specifically, espresso martini. They are delish, and a couple of them will literally keep you dancing all night. No ifs, no buts. Secondly, really looking forward to you taking apart the dad's visit chapters. I never do like nitpicking, but must say... Um, this whole episode, especially on the first read, left me quite baffled. Yes, it was bittersweet for pregnant Diana to spend time for her dad. But why does it feel like he's criticizing her all the time, while he left a seven-year-old Diana in a pretty tight spot? Why does he feel he can lecture Diana and Matthew about threats of time travel, while he's tinkering himself? And what brought Diana's parents together? What is their story? Why did they do what they did? If they knew what's coming, with their powers, Weaver, Time Traveler, Gift of Sight, why did they not try to avoid problems and shelter their daughter in a different way? So, my list of questions was, and is, endless. I'm sure the answers are in the books. It just takes a more analytical mind than mine. So, over to you, Demons. Bye-bye. Postscriptum. I had to lock myself in one of the meeting rooms at work. So that's why I sound like I'm speaking for a rather <laughs> deep... Well, 
Wow, Anna, thank you so much. Indeed. So meeting room oubliette, is there really a difference? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Deep well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we have lots of questions about that, too. He was being such a dad. He he was was being a dad. That's exactly it. I feel that he felt he could lecture, as I would, is because yesterday I just left my six-year-old daughter, or however old she was, toddler, and I feel like I'm seeing her now, and I, I, I haven't made that bridge. I haven't seen her grow up, so I don't see her as an adult is how I would feel. Right. And you don't well, see her how she thinks logically as an right. adult. And you've, you've got to like cram in all of those 25 years of lecturing in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. True. P- plus, as a parent, and this is where the crossroads I'm at is letting go and having to let my kids make their own mistakes now. I mean, I'm not saying that they're flying free and hey, go do what you want. But all these years you've been preparing them to be to fly free on their own. And now he has to. And I'm sure he's never, like I said, he's never had that bridge to do that. He didn't have the opportunity to do it in the normal way to prepare her properly. Mm-hmm. It, which also raises another question. How did this affect his interacting with little Diana when he went returned? When he back? Yeah. 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 Mm. I mean, think about that whole scene we have coming up with the snow angels. Right. Yes. Because that would have been after this. <sighs> Sigh. I know. I know. It's, it's that time. Loop. I know. I'm yes. like, wait a minute. <laughs> after, before. Uh. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. And yes, um, I know. It, uh, martini with coffee, dancing all night. Thank you. Okay. I'll do it. I'll, I'll even do it with vodka. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. No, 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 no. no. I have to be the voice of reason. That's not it. We're not doing it with the vodka. That's mm. never good. That's how they make it, though. That's how they make the espresso martinis. You can't do it with gin. vodka? Yes. That's true, because the gin is too strong tasting. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm. Well, we have to carry you. Oh, I'll do a thimble full. Okay. <laughs> Maybe if we do it with one of the more floral gins as opposed to the juniper gins, it might work. Okay. okay. Like a f- some of those, uh, uh, the espresso, espresso martinis also have chocolate. Yes, yeah. true. Because the black martini at the underground in San Diego had both espresso and a chocolate liqueur in it. It was amazing. Mm. But I don't really count it as a martini per se. It's one of those drinks and martini glasses. Well, we digress. Who wants to start with their discussion <laughs> emails? <laughs> so it was not not a digression. It was all raised in Anna's she, Yeah, Anna's she, speak pipe. she proposed that we talk about it or and uh, have one we, or two. Yes. And we are entirely on point with our discusser speak pipe. So there. <laughs> You're right. Okay. Who wants to go? I will. Okay. I have a discusser email from a new discusser and patron, Catherine. Hi, demons. First time discusser here. My thoughts on chapter 37. I first thought that Stephen's holding back may have been partially to see because he was trying to see how badly Diana was damaged by growing up without parents and being spellbound. But reading further, they don't seem to have realized what her powers were in his present. And then I had a timey-wimey brain melt. It was Diana who tipped her parents off. Peter Knox is a problem and may have contributed to the decision to spellbind her. Mm-hmm. Mind blown. Other thoughts, Diana was still waving her scholarly credentials when she was all, Daddy, don't you know how brilliant an academic I am? Don't mention the magic. I think they don't like Stephen's criticism because they were so deep in their cozy little bubble. I wonder if they would have come back to face up to the real world as soon if Stephen hadn't been there to push them to see what they were doing. Last note, Stephen probably had a split-second flash of panic when Jack first burst in thinking he already had a grandson. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Thank you for all your wonderful insights and giving us the opportunity to discuss the universe in a grown-up environment. Catherine from Wales. You're Thank you, Catherine. You're welcome. Thank you. Although I would argue sometimes we're not quite so grown up. No. Right. <laughs> welcome to Discuss Your Dumb Catherine. Yay! Yes. Yay! Yay! 
Angela, what do you have? I have an email from Zoe. Yay! Yay! Hey, Zoe. She's the one that gave us the word pre-union, and then we saw her at the con. So next time we see her, it'll be a reunion. Yay! She says, hi, Angela, Jean, and Val. Happy 2020. A few thoughts for me about Chapter 37 of Shadow of Night, mostly about Stephen. Chapter 36 ends with Stephen's words. Hello, Miss Bishop. Fancy meeting you here. But is he really as surprised as he seems? As chapter 37 unfolds, there seem too many coincidences. He is in London at precisely where and when Diana and Matthew are. Looking for Ashmole 782? No, Diana. Looking at you. Where, may one ask, did he get the required three objects, though? Hmm. Is Philippe hmm. involved? He is one almighty meddler. Helped us buy a lot of timey-wimey stuff, of course. Having said that, however it happened... Thank the goddess. He turned up when he did. And we'd still be in the bloody 16th century eight years later. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) This is true. Uh, He gives Diana and Matthew the wake-up call they desperately need and sets the wheels in motion for them to go back to the future. Mission accomplished. Good work, Stephen. Well, that's all for me on this chapter. Take care, ladies. Your demon in training, XO, Zoe. Oh, Zoe, thank you. Thanks, Zoe. Your training is showing. Yes. (laughs) Progress to journey, demon. Well, she does have a PS, too. This seems to be a popular theme from our people who are writing and calling in. She says, P.S. Random thought regarding Shadow of Night, All Souls Con 2020, and A Discovery Witches Season 2. The con is at 31st October to November 1st. Hey guys, this is Val with a quick editor's note. All Souls Con will actually be held on the 23rd to the 25th of October in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania this year. Although it was true when we first recorded that, I thought it was important to interject. Okay, I'll get back out of your way and you can go back to listening. Enjoy. Shadow of Night starts on November 1st. The start of season one in the UK anyway, tied in with the start of the date of Discovery Witches. So are we going to be treated to the premiere of series two at the con? Magic is Desire Made Real. Oh, I like how she put that out there. Yes. Operation Snowball. (laughs) (laughs) And you have to forgive me because Valerie, you would have read this email like no problem because it's military or UK or European dates. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> instead of November 1st, good old American way, I'm like, yeah. uh, for, first November. <laughs> yes, uh, I default to the other way because of being in the military. It's like, yeah, one November year. Good. <laughs> uh, so I have one from Chloe, her first one of the new year. And she says, Happy New Year, demons. Let's get right to it. I laughed when it is revealed that Matthew almost stabbed his father-in-law for pickpocketing. Only Matthew. This chapter is so touching, strange, and sad at all at the same time. I was as confused as Diana that Stephen didn't seem to want to spend time with her and kept insisting on going out. Any thoughts, demons? Yeah, I was confused too. I I really was. I was Mm -hmm. like, doesn't he want to hang out? But, you know, he was doing his Stephen thing, I guess. And then she says, well, that's all from me. It's a little bit smoky down in Oz. Hopefully we can get some witch water down here soon. And as you guys know, the wildfires in Australia. Hang in there, Chloe. Hang in there. Oh, my Uh, God. Yep. Your vampire down under Chloe. But that's not all. And we're doing an extra email because we never say no to this person. It is from our discusser in chief, Stephen. Yay! Yay! 
Way to, way to start out the new year. Yep. Good morning, demons, and happy new year. <laughs> One sentence jumped out at me at this rereading of Shadow of Night, chapter 37. Dr. Proctor, I presume, Matthew's first words on meeting Stephen in St. Paul's churchyard echo the greeting Dr. Livingston, I presume, from the Welsh-born African explorer Henry Morton Stanley, who had been tasked with finding the Scottish missionary explorer and cartographer David Livingston. This greeting sounds quaint, but was, is the proper etiquette and form of greeting between the two men who had not been previously formally introduced to each other. Like Stanley and Dr. Livingston, who were the only white Europeans within 100 square miles of Lake uh, Tajanika? in Africa when they meet in 1871. Okay, I apologize about the pronunciation, but okay. Uh, Matthew and Stephen were two people out of place in time. Stephen, sending this from my work email. Okay, Stephen. <laughs> Shh, we won't Thank tell anyone. you, Stephen. God, everybody's like being surreptitious this chapter. I yeah. Like, I gotta... It's so clandestine. Yes, they have things to say. <laughs> well, you know what? Matthew also says that to the other Dr. Bishop or to Dr. Bishop. He says it to Diana when notes and queries comes off the shelf. Dr. Bishop, I presume? or mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's what he says. Good discusser emails, everybody. Thank you yeah. so much for writing in. And for those of you who wrote in and didn't get your emails read, have heart. It will get read eventually <laughs> down the road. And if Seriously. yours got cut off accidentally, we're sorry. <laughs> we're sorry. <laughs> we might have some copy and paste problems. <laughs> Technical difficulties, and they're not mine for a change. I it, was, it was like auto truncate. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> new year, new us. Yeah. <laughs> New Year's same us. Yeah. <laughs> TLDR. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I just kind of franken murdered a whole bunch of freaking emails together. <laughs> get the point. But wait, so who is the first time that wasn't Stephen that said that? No, no, it was Catherine. It was Catherine. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck happened there. Well, yeah, but then again, Stephen could be cheeky, so I could see him saying, "Yeah, yeah. exactly." <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be a hell of a blooper. <laughs> All right, let's start the wagon. This chapter discussion is brought to you by Patricia Brophy. Speaking of Patricia, thank you, Patricia. Thank you. Thanks in all caps. In all caps. That's what what it sounded like when he said, like, Patricia Brophy. I'm like, that's all caps. That's all caps. That's right. That's right. I'm excited. (laughs) They're excited caps, not angry old man. No. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. When we last left off in chapter 36. Wow. Was that a shocker? (gasps) Yes, it was. Did not see that coming. Oh, my goodness. Did not see it coming. Talk about a mini cliffhanger. Wow. Stephen Proctor is in 1691 or 1591. There we go. Stephen Proctor is in 1591. He's dressed for 1691. Right. 1791. 1791, That's right. With a Nehru jacket that's been altered to look like Benjamin Franklin. There you go. There you go. Now we are with Mr. Stephen Proctor. Tell me all your thoughts, all your feelings. I would say take yourself back to the first read if you can remember that far. How did you feel about this? I will share this. I was like, seriously, are we jumping the shark a little bit? (laughs) (laughs) 
That is my honest reaction when I first read that. Okay, you go. I didn't think that. At this point, my first read, I was still like, okay, but where's Matthew? <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> I, won't, I won't go into this time around because we'll get into this time around. But this time around, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I love this chapter for Stephen, for Stephen's sake, not even for, for Matthew. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I was, I was thinking, I was like, we have just gone through this fantastic journey of meaning everybody who was anybody mm-hmm. now steven the cherry on top really i i was like wow this is i didn't know what to think gene what were your thoughts i was kind of with you at first i was like are you kidding me <laughs> really <laughs> but then as the chapter unfolded that first time i'm like okay this is working this is very cool yeah as we got to know him, we're like, oh, this yeah. fits. I was expecting to like, oh, hang on, honey. Let me take you over to our lodgings where your mother's at. <laughs> I think that's why I had that initial. Yeah. Like, oh, please don't do this. This will be so ridiculous. It's too much. Ham-handed. It's not going to work. It's too much. Mm-hmm. It dialed it right back and it ended up not being too much. It ended up being just right. Just right. I agree. So let's get into it. My father looked calm as he faced an unfamiliar armed vampire and his own grown daughter. Only the slight tremor in his voice and his white knuckled grip on the stall gave him away. Dr. Proctor, I presume. And this was Matthew. Here's where we look at his <laughs> neighbor jacket in our heads. Yes. Uh, my father straightened his serviceable brown jacket. It was all wrong. Someone, probably my mother, had tried to modify a Nehru jacket into something resembling a cleric's cassock. And I know I've posted this a few yes. times on Dean's Domain. Oh, God, <laughs> the Sears catalog. Yeah. <laughs> the Sears catalog with a Nehru jacket. And I will put that in the show notes because... Oh, that is so great. It's awesome. Do you know what? I really wish somebody would have animated those guys. So they're dancing. Oh, like the, like the McCall's pattern. Yeah, yeah. the simplicity pattern. <laughs> that was the <laughs> best. simplicity pattern. <laughs> Maybe I'll take on that project. I don't oh know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's, a, it's a reader treat. It is. It is. So I will put a picture of that in the show notes and it cracks me up. Those of you who were around or aware of the 70s, it will crack you up too. So we'll oh, put yeah. that up. Okay. Before we proceed, Okay, so each one of us had read this and had our reactions to his jacket or his cloak. But then when we had our hive mind together, I know we were all like, why was he dressed incorrectly? That doesn't seem likely that he would do that. And they were he was so meticulous. And Rebecca was so meticulous on what she was going to bring to Austria one time or Vienna one time. And we we really thought it was going to go somewhere. And we thought we were going to find out in the book of life. And spoiler alert, we didn't. And it didn't go anywhere. We still haven't. No. It didn't go anywhere. I thought for sure. It's like, I still want to know whether he was intentionally there or not. Right. Yeah. And that was... It's it's like the goddess story. It's a question I want answered. (laughs) I mean, I know they're not historians, but they're anthropologists. So they observe and that's their job to do that. I don't know. Maybe they thought it was well, close enough. <laughs> that doesn't feel. That didn't feel like Stephen's character at all. He didn't feel like Mister Close enough. Yeah. And there's so much portraiture that's available. For, I mean, if he was planning to go to the late 16th century, mm-hmm. he could have dressed more toned down version of Walter Raleigh for God's sake. Right. And he wouldn't have like the baggy ass Ben Franklin britches on. 
right. at the very least. Right. Okay. So Stephen, we know why Stephen goes to 1859 because he learns mm-hmm. it from this visit. Yeah. We know why he right. goes to the Bodleian. And now it right. just occurred to me, I'm like, is, did he was, did he go to the Bodleian in the TV show when Diana bumped into him? Is that when he went to the Bodleian? Hmm. I don't think so. I think I still the TV don't show think that was a, for convenience, convenience. Okay. and timing. And I still don't think that's time walking either, but that's, I'm, in a minority on that. But why did he go to 1591? That's why I keep thinking he was intending to go to some other time and the goddess detoured him. And he was like, hey, I'm here. I may as well. Yeah. Have some fun. So... Your theory is the goddess is like your daughter needs help. Boom. I'm putting you here. Yeah, that's kind of my theory. But I think that's a sound one, actually. And she talks about the compendium when she says, I thought it was this, but now I think it was you. And maybe it was like Jean said, it was guiding him to the right place. Yeah. Kind of a beacon, homing beacon type thing. A beacon or was picking him up moving through time. But think about this too. He didn't ping pong and back and forth. What three things did he have to go back to 1591? Not that we know he he might have them. I don't know. We just may not see them, but it's just seemed odd to me. Yeah, that's a good point, Angela. And that's probably another pebble that goes on the side of it was he was detoured. When all Hmm. else fails, magic. The celestial cobs detoured him off on that side road. Yeah, right. Accident (laughs) And drive through this neighborhood. Right. What was that game called? It was a board yeah, game. We could, we'll talk about that in the after yeah. show, yeah. for sure. <laughs> All right. So it goes on to say his britches were too long, more like something Ben Franklin would wear than Walter Raleigh. But his familiar voice, which I hadn't heard for 26 years, was exactly right. And he goes on to kind of put us in the mindset of Stephen, what he remembers Diana of, because he had just left her three days ago in his head, and she was just a little girl. And just like he says, you've grown in the past three days, he said shakily. Diana says, you look just as I remember. And I felt like Diana was in a place where she was like, okay, what do I do with this now? Hey, do you want to come yeah. back to our house for drinks or snacks? Hey, come or... back for drinks. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, I really like her voice in this chapter, yeah. especially. Yeah. yeah. She's actually relatable and I felt and, the and thing Especially she when felt. she's like, it was all wrong. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> So it was kind of like the historian version of God, you're wearing dad pants. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the way, with the tone of voice, that inflection that that passage was, it was like, oh my God, what are you wearing? <laughs> Do you know, it's so funny too, because you just saying that, like when your dad wore dad pants. My dad used to wear. Uh, you remember in the 70s, those white socks, the basketball socks with the stripes mm-hmm. on top? Oh, God, yeah. Okay. He loved those. Okay. Oh, my dad did too. And in the late 80s, we were going to like the scrunch down socks where oh, you just yeah. plain white and yep. you just scrunch them down towards your ankles. Mm-hmm. And he used to embarrass me all the fucking oh, time. He pulled them all the way he up to his knees. He pulled them all the way up to his knee. And I'm like, what are you doing? It's I don't like, want to be seen with you. What are you doing? Check out these awesome stripes. On my calves. <laughs> no, Dad, no. Oh, God. And he had like four pairs of those really short basketball shorts that kind of like had that oh, straight no. down the side. Oh, Jesus. At least my dad never wore basketball <laughs> shorts. Oh, oh he loved them. He would mow oh, the man. lawn in them just like. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, my dad, it was the golf shorts and then his, he golfed a ton, but he'd wear black socks with his golf shoes oh, oh, like, dear. and shorts. It's like, dad, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> we finally talked him into getting like the little ankle socks finally right. after years and years and years. Right. I had that same conversation with my dad. Oh. It's like, look, even for Christmas, I bought him a six pack of those socks. I was like, look, <laughs> you should. He never opened what them. He never even opened them. Oh my god! <laughs> when it was time for him to mow the lawn, on went those damn socks. Oh my gosh! <laughs> now, did he have a, uh, a special or a particular favorite stripe, or did he like the two? The, the he liked the three stripes. stripes. He liked the three stripes, all one color. But were they monochrome? And they're uh, Adidas, his favorite because they had the three ah, stripes. Okay, and they came in different colors. He had a green pair that he particularly liked. A red pair. He had the yellow pair. He didn't wear that as much. He didn't, he didn't like the way it looked but mainly <laughs> yellow was yellow was a no the non-starter was, hey if the other ones are dirty i'll wear the yellow <laughs> oh my god it's weird the things you remember okay okay we're in the dead sorry about that <laughs> yeah, but this is a chapter about dad so if we don't talk about ours it's kind of like that's you know. right thanks for bringing us back gene <laughs> anyway. no, i just no i just i just justified or ditched right yeah. that's all. <laughs> anyway um, uh, Diana's navigating this. <laughs> so do you want to come back to our house for a drink? And Stephen's like, sure, honey, that would be great. Aww. So on their way back, they're kind of looking at each other. So they make it to the heart and crown. And finally, Stephen says, it's really you. He hugged her. He says, you sound just like your mom. And he was studying her features. And you look like her, too. Diana says, people tell me I have your eyes. And then she's studying him back. And Stephen laughs. So you do. And here comes Matthew. He says, Diana has your ears, too. And your sense are somewhat <laughs> similar. It's how I recognize so you fr- at St. Paul's. I love- awkward he is like, in this moment and he's like his, his hands going through his hair and he's like I don't know what to do <laughs> and she's got your ears what right like, what <laughs> she's like the most really Diana's like you're both embarrassing me right now and then it's like run it, and then you get you get the tell and then it's like oh by the way hi I'm Matthew yeah I'm Matthew okay so what did you guys think about this his little corny sense of humor right no last name are you like some sort of celebrity like Halston or Cher and I'm oh like, my god it's <laughs> he reminded me of my dad <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it was like everybody's dad right, exactly like, god are you gonna embarrass me with my boyfriend really yeah exactly oh she even says i had a sudden vivid image of what i missed by not having my father around when i was a teenager making an ass out of himself when he met the boys i dated (laughs) in case we didn't already pick up on that (laughs) so diane explains matthew has plenty of last names it's just complicated and uh, like facebook she's crying again she's going through her moments and I would have a moment too. I'm having a little bit of moment and I believe Angela did not have a moment. Did not. <laughs> I know. You didn't hear that. No, at no. All. Never. No. She would never have a moment. <laughs> Ooh. No. The uh, first time around, I thought this was like kind of corny, actually, the way he was talking and waiting for him right. to say groovy. And now I see it for what it is, that he and, is straight out of the joking. 70s. He's straight out of the 70s. He's just seen his daughter as a six-year-old, right. or however old she was. Uh-huh. And it's, it's something more than that. It's not corny or jokey. I mean, when he says, says Halston or Cher, that's exactly out of that time. Exactly. Pinpoints it. Cher, that's the pinnacle. When she was wearing that Bob Mackie outfit, mm-hmm. shit, 1980, yeah. fuck yeah. It's like Uh 
Madonna would have been too late. He would have already been dead. Yes. See, he missed the whole Madonna thing. Sorry, Stephen. You missed that. Sorry, Stephen. (laughs) Unless he time walked to the future and and got to see the VMAs or something. Wouldn't that be fun as a time walker? I want to see each decade and see what's popular. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would do. You could end up at a Yanni concert. (laughs) There's there's a danger in that. (laughs) That would be cool, though. I'd be like, I want to go to like the concert of halfway through each decade. What's hot? What's popular? Oh, my gosh. That'd be awesome. Uh That would be cool. And come back with all your, you know, T-shirts and shit. (laughs) I don't think you can time back and walk back with your concert swag. Brad was singing uh, Blame It on the Rain, ironically, the other day. on the rain. And Harley goes, that's not even a song. Stop singing that. Like We're like, it is a song. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, I think you need need to, to, uh, oh, God. Did you show her the history of, uh, of like, uh, Millie Vanilla? Oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of theirs, right? Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whoever it was. <laughs> yeah, whoever was actually singing Millie Vanilla. Sad, tragic tale. Anyway. Yes. Um, <laughs> Save it for the after show. You're right. Oh, okay. So back to this. Uh, Matthew Royden will do for now, Matthew said, capturing my father's attention. He and my father shook hands. And Stephen says, so you're the vampire. Rebecca's worried sick about the practicalities of your relationship with my daughter. And Diana can't even ride a bicycle yet. And here comes Diana. Oh, dad. <laughs> the minute the words were out of my mouth, I blushed. I sound as if I was 12. Matthew smiled and he moved to the table. Won't you sit down and have some wine, Stephen? Matthew handed him a cup and then pulled out a chair for me. Seeing Diana must be something of a shock. They're just having pleasant conversation and Stephen's saying, "Uh, yeah, you can say so. I'd love some. So he took a sip of wine and he nodded approvingly before making a visible effort to take charge. So. (laughs) Dad voice turned off. Yep. (laughs) We said hello. You've invited me back to your house and now I've had a drink. These are the essential Western greeting rituals. Now, can we get down to it? What are you doing here, Diana? Me? What are you doing here? And where's mom? Is this where you thought mom would be like at the, the inn or something? Surprise. Yeah, I thought mom be, yeah, mom be out shopping in someplace else over at the apothecary. Right. She's back at the hotel. Right. Whatever the 16th century equivalent of the spy. You know your mom. She's shopping. <laughs> Your mother is at home taking care of you. And then he shook his head amazed. I can't believe it. You can't be more than 10 years younger than I am. So what is she, 33 at this point? Yeah. Yeah. So 43. That kind of puts us Mm -hmm. figuring out where he's at. And then Diana says, I always forgot how much you're so much older than mom. And he says, you're with a vampire and you have something against our May-December romance? (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Well, and, and so she's like four. He when he time walks, she's about four because she was born in seventy six, and she says nineteen eighty. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. So, and she figures it out. She said, "So you've come from around nineteen eighty, and this helps us too. It helps us on the timeline when we're reading this series because I don't ever think in a discovery which is they told us what year they were in ever. Deb did. Mm-hmm. Deb did, but someone yeah. reading the book would not know. Right? Not really, unless she took cues from like a flip phone or something like that. You know." Mm-hmm. 
So Stephen wants to know, is this when and where the two of you met? Diana clarifies, no, we met in September 2009 in Oxford in the Bodleian Library. And then she looked at Matthew, who gave her an encouraging smile. And then she turned back to her father and took a deep breath. I can time walk like you. I brought Matthew with me. And Stephen says, I know you can time walk, Peanut. You scared the hell out of your mother last August when you disappeared on your third birthday. A time walking toddler is a mother's worst nightmare. And he looked at her shrewdly. So you've got my eyes, ears, scent, and time walking ability. Anything else? And here's where I thought he knew. Mm -hmm. He knew she was a weaver the whole time. Yes. And I think at my first read, I didn't get that until here, where he's like, anything else? You mean... You didn't get that till here in this moment or this read? uh, When I first read this in this moment. Okay. Where he said anything else. And then I'm like, he knew she was a weaver. This is maybe why they spellbound her and put everything away. And, you know, uh, it it didn't occur to me this is why they would have done that. Right. He -hmm. knew that she was a weaver. And that's when I realized it. Just on this read, I only realized it. But he's coming here based on Rebecca's premonitions. And it's almost like he has the outline of what he and he's trying to, like, ask questions to fill fill in in the blanks. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is the way he's like, he almost kind of has a tell right here. And he's like, oh, well, we thought you were going to be a fire witch. It's kind of like, yeah, well, we kind of knew, but we were hoping otherwise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They had a, they had a suspicion all along. Yeah. They knew. They knew. They knew. They knew all. I mean, maybe they were hoping it'd be different, but I think they knew deep down that, you know, you in danger, girl. Right. (laughs) And he he doesn't even tell her now. He doesn't say, by the way, you're a weaver. Let me tell you something. He just kind of drops clues by saying, you know, when other witches try to teach you spells, just in one ear and out the other, because she can't follow their spells because she's a weaver. Exactly. Yeah. And after he's telling her all this and saying, you know, you probably don't want to follow. But see, how much did he know himself about his own power? True. Well, here's the other thing. Back up the bus. She didn't say, hey, I'm a weaver. She said, I can make up spells. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, she she's kind of playing it coy. I don't want to say close to the best, but in some ways, like she still hasn't let go of the fact that being a weaver might be some sort of disappointment or a danger. And she also says she feels guarded, like she she feels like she doesn't want to divulge everything to him. I wasn't sure why. Maybe it's just that awkwardness of seeing somebody after a very long time. And she doesn't really know him like that. No, (laughs) she doesn't know him like that. So maybe she's just guarded. (laughs) This always reminds me of uh, Mariah Carey and Jennifer Lopez. I don't know her like that. I don't know her. (laughs) 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 Anyways, sorry. (laughs) Hey, look, Angela took us into the digital ones. Briefly. Look how how fast I get out. I'm sorry. All right. So Stephen says, oh, we hoped you'd be inclined towards fire like your mom, but no such luck. So even when Stephen was dealing with his power, he honestly thought it wasn't good to be a weaver. That tells me no such luck. It's like, oh, I have to hide this. He hit it the whole time. Yeah. So it's weird. I wonder about his history. Yes. What his parents told him and how they dealt with him. Well, don't forget his mother was a human bitch. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) There is that. That's true. So Diana says, I wish you would have told me that before referring to all the stuff he was telling her. It would have mm. helped me with Sarah. <laughs> and Stephen goes, good old Sarah. <laughs> then there was a thunder of feet on the stairs and a four-legged mop and a boy hurtled towards the threshold, banging the door into the wall with the force of their enthusiastic entrance. Master Harriet said I may go out with him again and look at the stars and he promises not to forget me this time. What? <laughs> <laughs> 
What, what, what? Oh, the, but, but it gets better. <laughs> and Master Shakespeare gave me this. And then he waved a slip of paper into the air. He says, it's a letter of credit. And Annie... <laughs> Um, Annie kept staring at the boy in the cardinal's hat while she ate her pie. Who is that? And then he pointed at Stephen and Jack. I love Jack. I love Mm -hmm. when he comes in and busts through the door and he's just got all this energy. But I thank God I don't know a child like that. (laughs) It's fun to read about, though. It's fun to read about. Yeah. And he's a pretty canny kid. Yes. Yes. Very observant. Yeah. And I think very observant. That's what makes children like that annoying to people like me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> sit down, shut up, stop it. <laughs> well, because they always have an observation and a You're pretty so energetic nurturing. one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, wow. I know. I am nurturing and I encourage that. I encourage curiosity, but sometimes it's not, in a, kids can't contain the timeliness of their curiosity. <laughs> so it's not always neat. Anyway, I love how uh, in this next part is, is even better because it's just like, boom, things pop out of his mouth. Yep. So that's Master Proctor. Matthew said, catching Jack around the waist. Did you feed Mop on your way in? She goes on to explain there was no way to separate boy from dog and prog. And Mop was kind of an odd sight in London at the time because he's kind of weird looking, looks like a mop. Mm-hmm. But Jack comes back and he says, of course I fed Mop. He eats my shoes if I forget. And Pierre said he wouldn't pay for a new pair without telling you about it, but not a second. Oh, shit. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Jack clapped his hand across over his mouth. I'm sorry, Mistress Royden. He ran down the street and I couldn't catch him. A frowning Annie rushed into the room and stopped short, the color draining from her face as she stared at my father. It's all right, Annie. This is Master Proctor. He's a friend. And then Jack's keep going on. I have marbles. Do you know how to play ring ta? And Jack was eyeing her father with an open speculation as he tried to determine whether the new arrival would be a useful person to have around. Well, and I was also thinking, don't tell me this kid is already like working a long con. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <far> as... <laughs> Stephen's the mark. He's a ring ta hustler. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, he's going to be doing three-card Monty or something. But kids are so honest in the way they do this. When I read this, he was trying to determine whether this new rival would be a useful person to have around. Kids don't care about people. They just want to know if you're going to be fun, useful, entertain them, worth, you know. Are you going to make my life better? Yeah. yeah. How are you going to... Help me. And Jack in my takes life. it to the next level because he's a survivalist. Yes. Yeah. He had to be. Yep. So Matthew says, Master Proctor is here to speak with Mistress Roy and Jack. Matthew spun him around. We need water, wine, and bread. You and Annie divide up the chores, and when Pierre gets back, he'll take you to the Moorfields. So with some grumbling, Jack accompanied Annie back out onto the street. I met my father's eyes. This is Diana talking. I met my father's eyes at last. He had been watching Matthew and me without speaking, and the air was thick with his questions. What do you figure he was thinking here i mean i know i was thinking are these her kids you know would he know that because he's a witch and a weaver or do you know what i mean what is she doing with you know yeah your mom had these visions of you with a vampire but my first read it was kind of like the whole your dad's finding out you're living with a guy mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah like, what are you doing here i think is this an arrangement is he visiting <laughs> I, yeah. To me, I think he was thinking, and it's going to come out in a few pages, how long have you been here? You have a whole entourage. You have a dog. You have a, a boy, a girl, servants. I mean, it's 
if it's not just a two week trip, a routine, yeah, a routine, yeah, the, exactly. This is yeah, this is not a visit. There's so much yeah. familiarity. What the fuck is going on around here? Mm, yeah. That was your first question, you figure, Angela, that he was wondering what the fuck is going on here. Why is she all settled and stuff? No, this definitely not my first read. This read it, it is. But yeah. my first read, it was just like on my first read. I think I, th- I thought it was the absence, like they haven't seen each other. And he's dying to ask her all these questions. And right, it was right. so mm-hmm. strange to see a girl that he left yesterday that was only a child. And now, he, yes, and now he's seeing her as a grown woman with a family, with a family, with children that are older than she was when she left. Mm-hmm. Right. And a vampire mate, husband, slant, whatever he thought was going and on. Vampire right. servants. Right. And he hasn't and he hasn't met Gallo Glass yet. No. So. <laughs> and there's so much he hasn't told her. I know. Mm-hmm. So uh, Stephen asks, why are you here, honey? And Diana says, we thought we might find someone to help me out with some questions about magic and alchemy. And she also says, for some reason, I didn't want my father to know the details. My teacher is called Goody Alsip. She and her coven have taken me in. Stephen's like, yeah, nice try. I'm a witch, too. So I know when you're skirting <laughs> the truth, you know. Well, that's the second, that's the second <laughs> time he answered the second time he asked her, what are you doing here? Yeah. He goes on, you'll have to tell me eventually. I just thought this would save some time. And then Matthew thinks he's saving the situation, which he never is. Anyway. <laughs> hey, it was a, an honest effort for a change. Yes. Here. Why are you here, Stephen? And Stephen says, just hanging out. I'm an anthropologist. It's what I do. What do you do? (laughs) (laughs) So Matthew says, I'm a scientist, a biochemist based in Oxford. Okay. You are not just hanging out in Elizabethan London, dad. You have the page from Ashmole 782 already. And then she says, I suddenly understood why he was here. You're looking for the rest of the manuscript. So she lowered the wooden cable beam. Master Habermel's uh, astronomical compendium was nestled between the two candles. We have to move it every day because Jack found it every day. Because <laughs> <laughs> that'd be Jack. <laughs> yep. And uh, Stephen's like, what page? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what <are> you <laughs> and Diana says, the page with a picture of the alchemical wedding in it. It came from the Bodleian Library manuscript. And then she opened the compendium. It was completely still, but just as she expected. Look, Matthew. And then Stephen goes, cool. <laughs> and Matthew's like, you should see her mousetrap. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd be saying something like that to her dad. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, this is just awkward all around, you know? Right. Uh, I mean, and it comes out sounding dirty. It's like, are you kidding me? So Stephen wants to know, what does it do? And Diana says, it's a mathematical instrument for telling time and tracking astronomical events like phases of the moon. It started to move on its own when we were in Prague. I thought it meant someone was looking for Matthew and me, but now I wonder if it wasn't picking up on you, looking for the manuscript. It still acted up periodically, its wheels spinning without warning. Everyone in the house called it the witch clock. And Matthew says, maybe I should go get the book. (laughs) Stephen's like, it's all right. It's no rush. Rebecca isn't expecting me for a few days. So Diana wants to know, so you'll be here in London? He nodded. And then Matthew wants to know, where are you staying? Diana's like, here. He's staying here. <laughs> After so many years without him, letting him out of my sight was unthinkable. And this is what she said. And Matthew says, your daughter has very definite opinions about her family checking into hotels, as we saw in a Discovery Witches. You're welcome to stay with us, of course. Stephen's like, I've got rooms on the other side of town. No big deal. Diana's like, stay. Stephen's like, okay. So they put him in Pierre's room. 
They settle him in and Matthew says, I think Stephen has everything he needs. And Diana wants to know, is he disappointed in me? And Matthew's like, your father? Of course not. He seems a little uncomfortable. And so Matthew has to break it down to her. When Stephen kissed you goodbye a few days ago, you were a toddler. He's overwhelmed. That's all. And Diana wants to know, does he know what's going to happen to him and mom? And then Matthew's like, I don't know, Moncourt. And you know, if I were Matthew, I'd be like, you're the witch. I don't know. Figure it out. <laughs> but this this, this is just the bookend to Matthew's chapter with Philippe in the hay barn. You know, he's got yeah. he's got to come to the realization that he sees his father who's been dead, has a brutal death. Does he know right. what happened? And now it's Diana's turn. Yeah. So Matthew's like, I don't know, Moncour. I think so. Come to bed. Everything will look different in the morning. Matthew was right. My father was a bit more relaxed the next day, though he didn't look as if he'd slept much. Neither did Jack. And he wants to know, does the kid always have such bad nightmares? I'm sorry he kept you up. And Diana apologized. Change makes him anxious. Matthew usually takes care of him. And Stephen says, I know I saw him. And that was the problem with my father. This is Diana. He saw everything. His watchfulness put vampires to shame. Though I had hundreds of questions about my mother and her magic, about the page from Ashmole 782, they all seemed to dry up on his quiet regard. Occasionally, he asked me about something trivial. Could I throw a baseball? Did I think Bob Dylan was a genius? Had I been taught to pitch a tent? He asked no questions about Matthew and me or where I went to school or even what I did for a living. Without any expression of interest on his part, I felt awkward volunteering the information. By the end of the first day together, I was practically in tears. Now, I got this from right away because everything she found important in her life, he was avoiding. He was not talking about Mm -hmm. because that was not important to Stephen. Stephen wants to know how she grew up. Was she treated Mm -hmm. well? Was she taught how to, you know, play baseball or throw a baseball. You know, what was her opinions on music and things like that. But Diana has put her whole childhood aside because her parents were killed right? and she just focused on her academia and where she went to school. All the stuff she was proud of, he kind of left there, you know. So I get it. I get it, Diana. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why won't he talk to me? And (laughs) Matthew's like unlacing her corset at this time because he's too busy listening. He's an anthropologist apologist, a professional watcher. You're a historian of the family. Questions are your forte, not his. And then Diana says, I get tongue-tied around him and I don't know where to start. And when he does talk to me, it's always about strange topics, like whether allowing designated hitters have ruined baseball. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's what my dad would ask me. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what a father would talk to his daughter about when he started talking to her taking her to baseball games. So Stephen does know he won't see you grow up. He just doesn't know how much time he has left with you. So Diana's sinking on the edge of the bed. He was a huge Red Sox fan. I remember mom saying that between getting her pregnant and Carlton Fisk hitting a home run in the sixth game of the World Series, 1975 was the best fall semester of his life, even if Cincinnati did beat Boston in the end. So there you go. Matthew laughed softly. I'm sure the fall semester of 1976 topped it. And then Diana wants to know. See, why aren't you putting this together, Diana? <laughs> <laughs> she can be such a dunderhead. <laughs> I like that. Did that, the Sox actually win that year? <laughs> I like that's how uh, professors talk. They talk in semesters. They don't talk in winter, spring, summer, and fall. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So Diana wants to know, did the Sox actually win that year? And then Matthew's like, no, your father did, and kissed her on the head and blew out the candle. So, aw. Well, here's another weird thing. And that just strikes me strikes me right now. I remember mom saying that between getting her pregnant and Carlton Fisk hitting a home run it was the best fall semester of his life. It's like, were they trying to get pregnant and not able to? Mm. I mean, it just seems 
seems like a weird way to word it. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I don't know if they were trying or finding out. I don't know. Sometimes it's just a shock. My first kid was like, whoa, this wasn't supposed to happen. Well, yeah, but your first, yeah, yeah, but your first kid wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> I don't, I don't see it as awkward because it's his best fall semester. So being a macho guy, hey, I got her pregnant. That's awesome. I have a good job to me, you know. Yeah, my sperm swing. <laughs> You're right. And bonus, the World Series. <laughs> yes, cherry on top. Thank you. Yeah, I think he was just, uh, yeah, I, I don't think it was a trial and tribulation to get her pregnant is just you know when you find out just like I never knew I wanted this so yay well I just just since it was being related to her by she learned from her mom and it wasn't something that he said right yeah like the whole second hand thing is what maybe hmm. question it we'll never know unless we ask her <laughs> <laughs> write that down we'll ask her God, that list is like 10 pages long <laughs> We never cross anything off the damn list. I know, I know, I know. All right, the, the next day. When I came home from running errands the next day, I found my father sitting in the parlor of our empty apartments with Ashmole 72 open in the front of him. Whoa, he's got the book. <laughs> I mean, he didn't even have to look for it. It was brought to him. I mean, <laughs> then Matthew yeah, probably had to time travel him. and he just sat down and somebody brought it to him. So it's cool. Maybe he just asked the right question. He's a weaver. There you go. Where did you find that? I asked, putting my parcels on the table. Matthew was supposed to hide it. <laughs> Good um, old I know. Yeah. I had a hard enough time keeping the children away from the blasted compendium. And Stephen's like, Jack gave it to me. He calls it Mistress Royden's Book of Monsters. I was understandably eager to see it once I heard that. Stephen turns the page. His fingers were shorter than Matthew and blunt and forceful rather than tapered and dexterous. Okay. Too much description, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, but it's, and it's probably better that her, her dad does not have sexy hands because that would be disturbing. I know, that's weird. <laughs> Stop being weird, I don't Diana. Know why, we to, why, did, why do we have to make the point that her dad had on sexy hands? It's just weird. <laughs> I'm a hand person. That's why I find this, this little bit of information strange. It is kind of strange. <laughs> Okay, that's weird. Moving on and go. <laughs> I'm agreeing with you. It is weird. And it's like an especially weird coming from Diana. I know. I know. It's awkward. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> oh, God. We did it. We did it. <laughs> We've got how many episodes without this? <laughs> It's a great way to start the new year. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess stop. Okay. Okay. Is this the book that the picture of the wedding came from? Yes, there are two other pictures in it as well. One from the tree, another of two dragons shedding their blood. And then she stopped. I'm not sure how much more I should tell you, Dad. I know things about your relationship to this book that you don't know. Things that haven't even happened yet. So he says, then tell me what happened to you after you discovered it in Oxford. I want the truth, Diana. I can see the damaged threads between you and the book, all twisted and snarled. And someone harmed you physically. Basically, silence laid heavily in the room and there was nowhere to hide from her father's scrutiny. So when she couldn't stand it anymore, she looked at him in the eyes and she says, 
it was the witches. Matthew fell asleep and I went outside to get some air. It was supposed to be safe. A witch captured me. End of story. Let's talk about something else. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, don't you know? Want to know where I went to school? I'm a historian. I have tenure at Yale. Yay! Yay. <laughs> she says she would talk about anything with her father, except the chain of events that started with the delivery of an old foldo to her rooms in New College, and ended with the death of Juliet. Stephen says later, now I need to know why another witch wanted this book so badly she was willing to kill you for it. Oh, yes. I figured that out on my own. A witch used an opening spell on your back and left a terrible scar. I can feel the wound. Matthew's eyes linger there and your dragon. I know about her, too. Shields it with her wings. And so Diana says, sad to. The witch who captured me isn't the only creature who wants the books. So does Peter Knox. He's a member of the congregation. Stephen's like, Peter Knox. Well, well, well. And Diana's like, have you met? What? <laughs> <laughs> so you know the guy, right? <laughs> See, now in the TV show, we already know that she knows. He kn- yeah. Yeah. Well, that's thanks to the time clock. Yeah. Because everything kind of got screwed and moved and shaken up in the TV show. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I wonder if we're going to get Stephen in London because it didn't seem like... We better! Yeah, we better. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, because it's like it didn't seem like there were any hints dropped about him showing up on set yet. And we were pretty much out of time. He was kind of on the deal, though, for the first season, too, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And they're going, I think they're going somewhere else after break. They're not going back. They're not going back to Cardiff and Elizabethan set. So, wow. I hope so. Let's say that. I hope so, too. Me not being forceful to the universe. I'm just going to say I hope so instead of he better. But, you know, both apply. (laughs) that, too. Whichever works. I don't care. Yep. Okay. So Stephen says, unfortunately, yes, he's always had a thing for your mother. Happily, she loathes him. And he says it kind of giddy, you know. Uh, and he looked grim as he turned another page. I sure as hell hope Peter doesn't know about the dead witches in this. There is some dark magic hanging around this book, and Peter has always been interested in that aspect of the craft. I know why he may want it, but why do you and Matthew need it so badly? Diana says, creatures are disappearing, Dad. The demons are getting wilder. Vampire's blood is sometimes incapable of transforming a human. And witches aren't producing as many offspring. We're dying out. Matthew believes that this book might help us understand why. There's a lot of genetic information in the book, skin, hair, even blood and bones. He says, you've married the creature equivalent of Charles Darwin. And is he interested in origins as well as extinction? Yes, he's been trying for a long time to figure out how demons, witches, and vampires are related to one another and to humans. This manuscript, if we can put it back together and understand its contents, might provide important clues. Stephen's thinking about this and he's like, and are these simply theoretical concerns for your vampire? And Diana's like, not anymore. I'm pregnant, Dad. And he says, I know. I figured that out, too. But it's good to hear you say it. (laughs) Everyone knows before her, before she says it. No. It's like, you knew too? Shit. <laughs> Jesus, everybody knows. Yeah. It's like So Diana says, you've only been here for 48 hours. I don't like to rush things any more than you do. And uh, Stephen got up and took Diana in his arms. He held her tight. Besides, you should be surprised. Witches and vampires aren't supposed to fall in love. And they're definitely not supposed to have babies together. And Stephen says, your mother warned me about it. She's seen it all with that uncanny sight of hers. He laughed. What a worry wart. If it's not you she's fussing over, it's the vampire. Congratulations, honey. Honey, a child is a wonderful gift. So he took that well. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. 
I just hope we can handle it. Who knows what our child will be like? Stephen says, you can handle it more than you think. Come on, let's take a walk. You could show me your favorite places in the city. I'd love to meet that Shakespeare guy. <laughs> and one of, my oh, idiot, one of my idiot colleagues actually thinks Queen Elizabeth wrote Hamlet. And speaking of colleagues, how after years of buying you Harvard bibs and mittens did I end up with a daughter who teaches at Yale? And we end there. So I guess uh, we move in time a little bit. And he says, I'm curious about something. Stephen was staring into his wine. They had a nice walk. They finished a leisurely supper. The children had been sent to bed. Mop was snoring. And um, Matthew wants to know, what's that, Stephen? And Stephen says, how long do you think you can keep this crazy life you're leading under control? The shoe's dropping. <laughs> yeah. I know. (laughs) It's the dad talk. Yeah, I know. And Matthew doesn't like those talks, as we learned with Philippe, (laughs) and he doesn't take it well with Stephen either. Matthew's smile dissolved. I'm not sure I understand your question. He said it very stiffly. I imagine. He was like, "Mm." anyway. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Stephen's like, the two of you hold on to everything so damn tightly. My father took a sip of his wine and stared pointedly at Matthew's clenched fist over the rim of his cup. You might inadvertently destroy what you most love with that grip, Matthew. And Matthew's like, I'll keep that in mind. And he's controlling his temper barely here. So he's getting irritated. I mean, most son-in-laws. He never likes anybody giving him advice. He handles it badly every single time. son-in-laws get like that too. Yeah, but he got like that with Walter as well. Yeah, it's true. That's true. And Diana's trying to save the situation. She opens her mouth to smooth things over and Stephen ain't having it. He says, stop trying to fix things, honey. I'm not. And then Stephen's like, yes, you are. Your mother does it all the time and I recognize the signs. This is my one chance to talk to you as an adult, Diana. And I'm not going to mince words because it makes you or him uncomfortable. Good for you. There you go, Stephen. Yep. So Diana says, my father stuck his hand in his jacket and drew out a pamphlet. You've been trying to fix things too, Matthew. News from Scotland. And that's what it said. All caps, hashtag all caps. (laughs) 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 Declaring the damnable life of Dr. Fian, a notable sorcerer who was burned in Edinburgh in January last. Right, because Matthew Uh, couldn't figure out the tides again. (laughs) (laughs) I know. He should just leave that alone. (laughs) Fucking call somebody. (laughs) Phone a friend, dude. (laughs) Son Hancock, he's got it under control. I know. The whole town is talking about the witches in Scotland, my father said, pushing the pages towards Matthew. But the creatures are telling a different tale than the warm bloods are. They're saying that the great and terrible Matthew Royden, enemy of witches, has been defying the congregation's wishes and saving the accused. <laughs> Matthew's like, oh, shit. <laughs> 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 you shouldn't believe everything you hear, Stephen. Londoners are fond of idle gossip. And then Stephen ain't having it still. He's like, for two control freaks, you certainly are stirring up a world of trouble and the trouble won't end here it'll follow you home too and uh um, getting Brian ominous like i know <laughs> and he, he's opening up that can of whoop ass right yeah now. diana's like the only thing that's gonna follow us home from 1591 is ashmore 782 and uh, uh, steven's like you can't take the book it belongs here you've twisted time enough staying as long as you have we've been careful dad oh my god <laughs> oh my god dad Ugh. Can't even dress. <laughs> anyway, careful. You've been here for seven months. You conceived a child. The longest I've ever spent in the past is two weeks. You aren't time walkers anymore. You succumb to one of the most basic transgressions of an anthrop- of anthropology. 
anthropological Anthrop- <laughs> anthropological thank you field work you've gone native i was here before steven <laughs> matthew said mildly through with- yeah when he's when he says something mildly it's just not good yeah <laughs> though his fingers drummed on his thigh that was never a good sign i'm aware of that matthew my father shot back but you've introduced far too many variables for the past to remain as it was. And then Diana's like, the past has changed us. It stands to reason that we've changed it too. And Stephen's like, and that's okay. Time walking is a serious business, Diana. Even for a brief visit, you need a plan. One that includes leaving everything behind as you found it. Here we go. No plan. No. Why is this a familiar refrain? No. Hey, let's go to 1590. Cool. All right. <laughs> Hot mess, Matthew. Yep. So Diana's getting uncomfortable here. By you know, she says, I shifted in my seat. We weren't supposed to be here this long. One thing led to another. And now... We didn't mean to, Dad. Right. And so Stephen goes, now you're going to leave a mess. You'll probably find one when you get home, too. Okay. Spoiler alert. He's not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I get it, Dad. We screwed up. You did. And you two might want to think about that while I go to the Cardinal's hat. Someone named Galaglass introduced himself in the courtyard. (laughs) He says he's Matthew's relative and promised to help me meet Shakespeare since my own daughter refused. My father gave me a peck on the cheek. There was disappointment in it as well as forgiveness. Don't wait up for me. And then Matthew and I sat in silence while the sound of my father's footsteps faded. This is all a little shaky breath circle of pot calling kettle black. Diana won't Diana change a lot of things, but she won't introduce uh, Stephen to Shakespeare. Stephen meets Shakespeare anyways and drops some inspiration on him. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And who knows who I'm still suspecting that somehow Galloglass got him and Philippe hooked up in this whole thing, too. Maybe not in person, but Mm -hmm. in communication. Yeah. So our kids got together. Let's have a chat about this. You know what I mean? It's like, stay in touch. I'll talk to you soon. So Diana wants to know, did we screw up, Matthew? I reviewed the past months, meeting Philippe, breaking through uh, Matthew's defenses, getting to know Goody Alsip and the other witches, finding out I was a weaver, befriending Mary and the ladies of Molestrana, taking Jack and Annie into our homes and hearts, recovering Ashmole 782, and yes, conceiving a child. There wasn't a single thing I would change if given the choice. It's hard to know, Moncor, Matthew said somberly. Time will tell. There we go. So he's still there. And uh, I, I guess this is after a day or two. We've got time jumps in this chapter that they probably could have delineated a little bit better. Yeah. Well, the dot, dot, dot's there for a reason. So yeah. dot, dot, dot. <laughs> well, I was in the version I'm looking at, I've got the actually working off my arc. Uh-huh. And there's no dot, dot, dots. Oh. <laughs> they just all sort of bleed together. Oh, that's true. <laughs> so it's there's not no final formatting yet. Any major difference from the arc to the version I'm reading no. off of in this uh, chapter? A couple of them. What did you see? A couple, actually. What'd you see? Okay, let me get back to where we were at when they were ta- when she was talking about talking to her dad just before she mentions. I can see the damage threads between you and the book all twisted and snarled. That's all they said. They did not mention which has hurt you. Which has hurt you was added there. Mm. There was one other one too where it, there were additions that were I could tell the editor is like you need to add a little bit more here to 
clarify your transition. Ah, I got it. I kind got of it. things. Add, add a little bit more information so the next part of the conversation makes more sense. Mm. See, that's interesting like- comparing the two. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, yeah. I've read both, but you don't notice it when you read one at a time. But comparing the two. Well, is- even now, I didn't pick up yeah. on that. I just thought you didn't read it. But I guess it's there. Or not there in the arc. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, she's reading things that aren't, aren't there in the arc. That's why I was kind of like, huh, yeah. that's interesting. There you go. And yeah, there was probably two other instances that were pretty much the same sort of reason. So, audience, we're working uh, off of our arc version. This is the version that we had on ebook when we first dove into Shadow of Night. We mm-hmm. actually have the real, the finished book in book form, but when we were doing research and everything, we were working off the arc. Now, there's no major story arc differences, except no, for... No, not at all. Not at all. Just little things here and there. So, when we did this podcast, I'm going with the actual version when I take you guys through Mm -hmm. it, but they may be following along in the arc. And it's interesting to compare the two, see what was edited out or added Mm -hmm. afterwards. Nothing nearly as exciting as the extra fucks in Book of Life. That's right. And we'll get to those. (laughs) There are some differences. I purposely want you guys to follow along with the arcs as I read the actual book when we get to Book of Life. Yes. So we can talk about the fucks. (laughs) (laughs) All the fucks. All the fucks that are missing. All the fucks we did. Damn it. Anyway, so uh, this is like a day or two later. We're guessing because of the dot, dot, dot. I thought we could go see Goody Alsip. She's helping me with my spell to return to the future. And she stood before her father, her spell box clutched in her hands. She was still uneasy around him after the lecture he had given Matthew and her last night. But, you know, she says, let's do this. And Stephen's like, it's about time. And he reached for his jacket. He's still I was like, that made her feel any better. I know. It's about fucking time, Diana. Jesus. (laughs) You're the dad back from the dead. Be a little nicer. Nope. All the noops. Okay. So she was talking about his jacket. He still wore it like a modern man, taking it off in the minute he was indoors, rolling up his shirt sleeves. It reminds me of a certain congressman, but anyway, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I didn't think any of my hints were getting through to you. I can't wait to meet an experienced weaver. And are you finally going to show me what's in the box? And then Diana's like, if you were curious about it, why didn't you ask? He says, you covered it so carefully with that wispy thing of yours that I figured you didn't want anybody to mention it. He said, as we descended the stairs, okay. When we arrived at the parish of St. James Garlickhife, Goody Allsop's fetch opened the door. Come in, come in, the witch said, beckoning us towards her seat by the fire. Her eyes were bright and snapping with excitement. We've been waiting for you. The whole coven was there sitting on the edge of their seats. Goody Alsup, this is my father, Stephen Proctor. The weaver, Goody Alsup beamed with satisfaction. You're a watery one, like your daughter. Stephen was just hanging back, just watching everybody. Like, I don't know what I'm getting myself into, but I'm just going to observe this. And besides the fact it's a room full of women. Right. <laughs> All the women <laughs> smiled and nodded. Though Catherine had to repeat everything to Elizabeth Jackson because my father's accent was so strange. So, so did they, they knew of him also? I mean, to say the weaver, not a weaver. The weaver. Uh, I'm thinking they did because Goody also was the one that told Diana that her father was a weaver. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. when she gathered that group of women around, she probably gave them the lowdown of Diana's lineage of what she knew. Mm-hmm. You know, that's my opinion. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. It could be. Could be anything. It's all magic. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all magic. It's all good. Yeah. Goody also says, but we're being rude. Would you care to share your creature's name? 
she was looking at Stephen's shoulders where the faint outlines of a heron could be seen. I've never noticed it before. You can see Bennu, my father said, surprised. Of course, he perches open wings across his shoulders. My familiar spirit does not have wings, even though I'm strongly tied to the air. She was easier to tame for that reason, I suspect. When I was a girl, a weaver came to London with a harpy for a familiar. Ella was her name, and she was very difficult to train. Could you imagine having to train a familiar? Wow. <laughs> and Diana, dogs. I feel like Diana kind of missed out on a lot because... yeah. When she was a girl, did she train her dragon before? I think her dragon, well, her dragon got, I I think Cora didn't go all the way away until she was spellbound. Yeah. Right. I, I think all, all the little things that in Times, Con- spoiler alert, in Times Convert, they talk about, you know, using magical leashes on her and keeping to keep her keeping her in her tight chair and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't think they ever went so far to uh, spell, you know shackle her familiar to her i think that only came with the full spell binding yeah and i guess diana was in the process of training cora when they first met each other because you know i remember abraham that whole scene with abraham too and and when you're a kid and you have an imaginary friend or whatever you don't think of that like oh i gotta train you or i gotta subdue you or i gotta you know you're just friends friends. (laughs) you know that um and every time I think of Diana and her dragon as a young child, do you remember the cartoon Calvin and Hobbes? Oh, yeah. Yes. That's what it reminds yeah, me of. It's like yeah, Hobbes. true. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like that. Or Diana's Hobbes and, yeah, Hobbes and was- Cora's Kelvin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know, because sometimes it seems like Cora has a whole bunch more sense than Diana does. Yeah, like Hobbes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I loved Calvin and Hobbes. Oh, I have the whole set. Me too. I have the three that three volume. Yeah, me too. Slipcase one. <laughs> I love Why it. didn't I know that about you two? Oh, I knew I loved. I you know. First. I can't believe we've all got that. <laughs> I'd be so excited. Anyway. I mean, it would. Granted, it was college, but I'd be so excited when a new book would come out. I'm like, oh my god! I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Yay! I was so disappointed when he quit doing he that. Stopped. Tr- yeah. Strip. Did you oh. ever read the story afterwards? <gasps> I cried. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh my too. gosh. Oh, oh my god. Oh gosh, I cried so hard. Of course, Angela didn't cry. What are you talking about, audience? Cry. <laughs> she didn't even sniffle. What? Stop it with your madness. Heresy. <laughs> you and your heretical opinions. Yes. That's right. That's right. We got you covered, Angela. No one will know. It's cool. It's so cool. That's the thing. Like, I get misty at, like, commercials and these passages in here. I'm like, I, maybe I cry more than, oh. than more anyone I know. <laughs> you didn't, did you look at that commercial I was mean enough to share on my wall on New Year's Eve from Budweiser with the dog? No, I don't think I saw it. That one might make you misty. Yeah. Oh. I missed that. The don't, don't drink and drive. Aww. Oh, my God. See, I think I'm the same way, though, because I don't cry at things you're supposed to cry at. I'll I'll drib and drab cry. I'll let it out slowly like a release valve Yeah, at Mm -hmm. stupid little things here and there. Like there's this cartoon with a pit bull and a kitten. Oh, Oh, God, that one made me cry so hard. (laughs) I was like, oh! (laughs) Well, that that one with the pit bull and the kitten, but then there's another one, like a comic strip kitten. Well, there's one with the dog and then there's one with the stray kitten and both of them. Are like, Ugh! I know. 
You took my heart and ripped it out and I stomped know. on it and put it back in. And then in. put it back in all mangled. Yes. <laughs> yes. And oh. then because I'm not satisfied in my own sadness, I had to share it with Robert, who had to go in the other room and said, I'm not crying, you're crying. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway. Back to this. <laughs> yes, back back to the familiar. We're the... totally in the ditch today. It's fun. So Goody Alsip's fetch wafted around my father, crooning softly to the bird as it became more visible. Perhaps your menu can coax Diana's fire drake to give up her name. It would make it much easier for your daughter to return to her own time, I think. And I know the first time I read this, I was like, well, why? What? Are you going to explain why? I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> ding, 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 ding. There was another small change. It, it, they changed it to from easier for your daughter to time walk, I think, to ah. return to her own time. There you go. See, not that much of a difference, but there's a difference. I wonder why an editor yeah. would just say, no, we're going to change this to this. Because well, it's arbitrary. I, I, Do you know? It, well, in this case, it doesn't. It's like much easier for your daughter, but your daughter can time walk. Thank you. I mean, she can time walk. It's just that if she knew Cora's name, it might be easier for her to time walk to the future because you need a spell instead of a three objects. So I think the change that you just read makes sense. Okay. If you say so. To me, in my head, it doesn't really. I'm just like, you could have left it that way. I would have been fine. But anyway, Stephen goes, wow. Was that even a word back then? Wow. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. What? Did they keep in the, we don't want any trace of her familiar left back here. Left here, dragging, dragging Diana. Diana back to London. Yes, yes. they kept that. Okay. Okay. Because okay. I was going to say, I thought that was pretty important. Oh, I should have probably read it. We don't want yeah. any trace of her familiar left here, dragging Diana back into London. There you go. And this is where Stephen goes, wow. And back to my question was, was that even a word back then? Wow. My father was struggling to take it all in. The gathering of witches. Goody Alsop's fetch. The fact that his secrets were on display. Who? <laughs> and this is Elizabeth Jackson. <laughs> 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 Assuming she misunderstood. And my father drew back and studied Elizabeth carefully. Have we met? No, it's the water in my veins that you recognize. We are happy to have you among us, Master Proctor. London has not had three weavers within her walls in some time. The city is abuzz. Mm-hmm. Goody also motions to the chair beside her. Do sit. And Stephen took the place of honor. Nobody at home knows about this weaving business. Not even mom? And she was aghast. This is Diana. I was aghast. Dad, you've got to tell her. <laughs> Stephen's like, oh, she knows, but I didn't have to tell her. I showed her. And Matthew's fingers, or I'm sorry, my father's fingers curled and released. <laughs> Seriously, that was funny. I know. <laughs> the fact that you misread it is funny. No. <laughs> I was thinking that your Freudian your Freudian slip was funny. <laughs> the fingers. Back to the fucking fingers. <laughs> That's why your Freudian slip was so funny. Audience, I swear, as we get back into this on a regular basis, we'll do better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Here we go. So after the finger thing happened, <laughs> the world lit up in shades of blue, gray, lavender. Because <laughs> they're magic fingers. <laughs> You're snorting. <laughs> Poor fucking Angela. I know. Just listening to my stomach grumble here. <laughs> we gotta get through this so we can get her some food okay here we go okay okay 
The world, oh my God, the world lit up in shades of blue, gray, lavender, and green as he plucked all the hidden watery threads in the room. The willow branches in a jug by the window, the silver candlestick that Goody Allsup used for her spells, the fish that was waiting to be roasted for supper. Everyone and everything in the room was cast into some of those watery hues. Banu took flight, his silver-tipped wings stirring the air into waves. Goody Allsup's fetch was blown this way and that within the currents, and her shape shifting into a long stem lily, then returning to human form and then sprouting wings. As if the two familiars were playing, at the prospect of recreation, my fire drake flicked her tail and beat her own wings against my ribs. She's like, I want to play. Fuck this. Not now. And this is Diana telling, told her tightly, gripping at her bodice. The last thing we needed, and this is Diana talking, was a cavorting fire drake. My control over the past might have slipped, but I knew better than to let go of the dragon in Elizabethan London. And Stephen's like, let her out, Diana. Ben will take care of her. But I couldn't bring myself to do it. My father called to Benu, who faded into his shoulders. The watery magic around me faded too. Why are you so afraid? My father asked quietly. I'm afraid because of this. And then she waved her cords in the air. And this! And then she hit her ribs, jostling the fire drake, and she belched in response. (laughs) (laughs) My hand slid down to where our child was growing. And this! It's too much. I don't need to use showy elemental magic the way you just did. I'm happy as I am. You can weave spells, command a fire drake, and bend the rules that govern life and death. You are as volatile as creation itself, Diana. These are powers that any self-respecting witch would kill for. (laughs) She looked at him in horror. He brought the one thing I couldn't face into the room. Witches had already killed for these powers. They killed my father and my mother too. Putting your magic into neat little boxes and keeping it separate from your craft isn't going to keep mom and me from our fates. She says, that's not what I'm trying to do. Really? You want to try that again, Diana? Sarah says elemental magic and the craft are separate. She says, forget what Sarah says. And then he grabbed her by the shoulders. You aren't Sarah. You aren't like any other witch who has ever lived. And you don't have to choose between spells and the power that's right in front of your fingertips. We're weavers, right? And then Diana nods. Then think of elemental magic as the warp and the strong fibers that make up the world and spells as the weft. They're both part of a single tapestry. It's all one big system, honey. And you can master it if you set aside your fear. In a reread, that's an anvil right there, which is another reason I think the goddess directed him there. Yeah, I can see that. It's like, here comes the acme anvil dropping on her head. Yeah. Honestly, this moment where Stephen has this talk with her right here mm-hmm. is where I won't say she let go of it completely, but she had less fear mm-hmm. about using her magic. It was easier for her. Mm-hmm. I could see the possibilities shimmering around me in webs of color and shadow, yet the fear remained. Wait, I have a connection to fire like mom does. We don't know how the water and fire will react. I haven't had those lessons yet. Here goes my stomach. It's my turn. <laughs> Be- <laughs> Because of Prague, and then she's thinking to herself, because we got distracted by the hunt for Ashmal 782 and forgot to focus on the future and going back to it. So you're a switch hitter, a witchy secret weapon. He laughed. He laughed. This is serious, Dad. It doesn't have to be. And my father let that sink in, then crooked his finger, catching a single gray-green thread at the end of it. What are you doing? Mrs. She asked suspiciously. Watch, she said in a whisper, like waves against the shore. He drew his finger towards him and pursed his lips as if he were holding an invisible bubble wand. Then he blew out. A ball of water formed. He flicked his finger in the direction of the water bucket near the hearth, and the ball turned into ice. 
floated over, and dropped in with a splash. Bullseye! Elizabeth giggled, releasing a stream of water and bubbles that popped into the air, each one sending out a tiny shower of water. You don't like the unknown, Diana, but sometimes you have to embrace it. You were terrified when I put you in your tricycle for the first time, and you threw your blocks at the wall when you couldn't get them all to fit in their box. We made it through those crises. I'm sure we can handle this. But it's so messy. So is life. Stop trying to be perfect. Try to be real for a change. And that's what I say, Diana. Damn it. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yes. my, my father's arms swept through the air, re- revealing all the threads that were normally hitting from view. The whole world is in this room. Take your time and get to know it. I studied the patterns, saw the clumps of color around the witches that indicated their particular strengths. Fire and water surrounded me in a mess of conflicting shades. My panic returned. Call the fire. <laughs> My father said as if it was simple as ordering a pizza. <laughs> I was thinking about Brad right there. <laughs> anyway. Call the fire department. Yeah, right. <laughs> For more audience, uh, join Patreon. You can listen to that on the after show. It's pretty funny. Anyway, after a moment of hesitation, I cricked my finger and wished for the fire to come to me. An orange red thread caught on the tip. And when I let my breath out through pursed lips, dozens of tiny bubbles of light and heat flew through the air like fireflies. Lovely Diana, Catherine cried out, clapping her hands. Between the clapping and the fire, my fire drake wanted to be released. Benu cried out from my father's shoulders and the fire drake answered. No, I said, gritting my teeth. Don't be a spoil sport. She's a dragon, not a goldfish. Why are you always trying to pretend that the magical is ordinary? Let her fly. I relaxed just a fraction and then my ribs softened, opening away from my spine like the leaves of a book. My fire drake escaped the bony confines at the first opportunity, flapping her wings as they metamorphosize from gray and insubstantial to iridescent and gleaming. Her tail curled up in a loose knot and she soared around the room. The fire drake caught the tiny balls of light in her teeth, swallowing them down like candy. Then she turned her attention to my father's water bubbles as if they were fine champagne. When she was through with her treats, the fire drake hovered in the air before me, her tail flicking at the floor. She cocked her head and waited. What are you? I asked, wondering how she managed to absorb all the conflicting powers of water and fire. She says you, but not you. The fire drake blink, blink, blink. <laughs> blink, blink. Her glassy eye studying me. A swirling ball of energy balanced at the end of her spade-shaped tail. The fire drake gave her tail a flick, tipping the ball into my cupped hands. It looked just like the one I had given Matthew back in Madison. What is your name? I whispered. You may call me Cora, she said in a language of smoke and mist. Cora bobbed her head and farewell melted into a gray shadow and disappeared. Her weight thudded into my center. Her wings curved around my back. There was a stillness and I took a deep breath. That was great, honey. My father squeezed me tight. You were thinking like fire. Empathy is secret to most things in life, including magic. Look how bright the threads are now. All around us, the world gleamed with possibility. And in the corners, the steadily brightening indigo and amber weave warned that time was growing impatient. And that is the end. Da, da, da. That was a good chapter. Mm-hmm. Very good. It's an excellent chapter. Despite all the distractions, that was a great chapter. Anyway, did you guys have anything you wanted to add about this chapter or did we suck it dry? Yeah, I feel like other than I really hope we get that whole sequence in the yeah. show. Yeah. And like Angela had said last time that if his dark magic is any indication, it could be spectacular. Yeah. 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 I think we sucked it dry. Yeah, no, I think we're good at picking it apart well as it's happening. Yeah. So going once, going twice, we good? We're good. Sold. 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 
right. Let's go on to housekeeping. Housekeeping. Okay, so housekeeping is brought to us by Yvonne Kaiser. Thank you, Yvonne. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. Who wants to start? I'll start. Okay, go. I have housekeeping from Indigo Sereni. Hey, Indigo. She says, hey, demons, there are probably many things within this chapter of which I could go on about, but I think mainly it left me feeling like we need more of a historical overview on Matthew and really unpacking of him because I don't think we'll achieve that just hearing Diana's point of view. I'm aware that seems rather self-explanatory as no one can fully know someone from someone else's perspective, but a lot of time we get a lot of quite dark glimpses at him, but from a very outside perspective. And I think to really unpack chapter 36, it would have been quite nice to have a very insider view of that very scene. Well, you know what? Let's put that on our wish list. We'll put it right on the universe right now. If we mm-hmm. get an alternate POV for chapter 36, <laughs> Shadow of Night. Yeah, there. I would love that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> let it be said, let it be done. Okay. Yes. Back to her email. Matthew has said previously that he loves his sister and Kit. And I think because of that, there was far more to the scene than we see. Probably a lot of very deep feelings that we didn't get to see. Rather than Diana coming in and appearing as a hero, it would have been nice to see the raw emotions that could have been that could have been and gone into that chapter. Kit obviously loves Matthew and Louisa the same. To me, it was more than just revenge or severe telling off in that cell were people at one point or another, or still for that matter, who clearly loved each other. I have a slight problem with the fact that it seems that any love for either of them just seems to evaporate because from my experience, regardless of what has happened, I'm very aware that these circumstances are far more extreme. There is always residual ties and energy in that love that those people hold, which in part of why I think the torture took so long, because if Matthew didn't care, I think he would have killed them outright, which is why I think we need more Matthew POV chapter history and backlog to see how he originally was with Kit and Louisa. Thank you so much, Demons, for your amazing podcast to brighten my days. Indigo. Oh, thank you, Indigo. Thank you, Indigo. And that was, God, that was such a great insight, too. Yeah. And now I've got grabby hands for alternate POVs. Right. Those are the best, though. I know. I know. Yeah. And I'm going to bring this up because don't care if you guys liked it or not, but the alternate POV that E.L. James did for Fifty Shades of Grey, the gray was really good. I read gray. Yeah, it I was really it. good. Yeah. I really liked gray. So there is a place in for alternate POVs and we'll buy them. Oh, yeah. yeah. We okay. got that. I'm going to bring up the one that always, when I think of alternate POVs that changed my life and mind is Jay-ZB. Oh, Jay-ZB, yeah. Jay-ZB. That was just to wet your whistle and that that's the ultimate POV, really. But I love that she oh, that she included Christian's alternate POV or that scene had alternate POVs in, was it Iced? Yeah. Yes. That mm-hmm. was so good. Just to see two different, same scene, completely different vantage points. Exactly. Oh, and uh, audience, just in case we've lost you, JZB is uh, Jericho Barons of the Fever series by Karen Marie Moaning. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. One of our favorites. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Jean, what do you have? Yes. I have some housekeeping from Patricia. Hi, Patricia. Hi. <laughs> now, you know, I picture her all in caps. Patricia. Patricia. <laughs> and this is why we're emphasizing Patricia today. You're about and to hear striding, it. Yeah, striding down the street and... Manhattan, keeping her shoes clean. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, deliciously demonic dames. Your shows are so entertaining, interesting, and just downright fun. I find myself bursting out loud with laughter, walking to work in New York City. It's New York City, so no one notices. Yeah. (laughs) Move along. I have been a patron for the last several months and have meant to tell you that you may keep my loot to give to others. I am happy to fund such a worthwhile endeavor, 
when my life gets back under control, holidays, work, general life stuff, we'll try to share some. Thank you for your passion, Patricia B. Thank you, Patricia, yeah. you, for all your support. And what we're going to do with your loot is give it away to fellow patrons during our, uh, what do we call it? The after roulette. Roulette in the after show. So thank you so much. And this is why we're celebrating you so much this episode. Patricia! Yay! <laughs> I think I heard an echo. <laughs> and what I love is she, I've got like this like 21st century sex in the city. I know, me too. Picture in my head. Of, yes. Like, demon, demon Lady Patricia walking down the street, laughing her head off. Right. What, what, what was the original uh, Candace Bushnell title? Wasn't it like Concrete Jungle or Lipstick Jungle? Lipstick, Lipstick Jungle. Lipstick Jungle. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you wearing a tutu? Jimmy Choo's <laughs> or Manolo Blahniks? We picture it. <laughs> Stay away from the bus as it comes around the corner. Uh, thank you so much, Patricia. We appreciate yes. your passion and your, and your generosity. Generosity mm-hmm. and your giving spirit. Yay! Yay! Okay, I don't have an email per se, but we did get some snail mail. Who wants to talk about it? <gasps> yes. Go ahead, Jason. You'll do it awesome justice. Thing. Yes. Okay. So, do you know, we love our demon artist, Kieran and Belia. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it all started because I decided to order my goddess shirt. Mm. The holidays were coming around. So, I get this mysterious package from Israel the other day. Mm. Wait, are you going to do a, side, a sidebar? Because they have, you have to tell that story, your epiphany, geeky moment. I'm leading into it. Okay, She's getting to it. All right. <laughs> I'm getting to it. I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to build up to it. Okay. okay. You know me, I love instant oh, gratification. Like, Give it to me now. <laughs> tell me now. Tell me now. Yes. Cool your debts. All right. Settle down. I'm like, yay, it's my T-shirt. Well, it's kind of rigid. I'm thinking, I was just, you know, expecting a T-shirt and maybe she put some cardboard in it. I don't know. Right. So I get in there and I open it up because I've been waiting for this T-shirt and tracking it on Israel's postal service and everything else. And so I open it up and there's two wrapped packages in there. And by the way, Karen has gone eco-friendly with her packaging and it's cool and it's black and it's compostable. Yay! There you go. Even the outer plastic wrapping is compost friendly. And we'll make sure we put a link to her store in the Mm -hmm. show notes. And shout outs, Karen. I love your tape. She has a fancy tape. Oh, so pretty. Yep. So open up the shirt and it's gorgeous. I can't wait to wear it to work and just have everybody go, what is that? Right. Because I will. Uh, And then so we get to the second one and this is rigid and I'm opening it up and there's two things in there. Hmm. The original of the Queen Isabella that she did for the read along in the discussion group and Mm -hmm. it's gorgeous. I can't wait to get it framed and put it up. And can you imagine this? I'm waiting. A page page from a manuscript (gasps) from Israel. (gasps) Oh my God! The other two pages. Who got the other two pages? All demon pages, all the time. Yes. <laughs> Kareem. So my, thank you. So mine was a lovely day with like a little wiener dog wrapped around it. Oh, so and cute. And gild and pictures or gild and flowers and all kinds of cool stuff. 
Mine was the lovely letter V for my name. And, and vampire. And vampire. That's right. <laughs> and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It I'm going to have to take it to Michael's and get framed. Yes, absolutely. Oh. Yep. I got the A and I love it. I love I it. Love I'm going to cherish it. It's because I'm going to be totally into myself and just take pictures of yours it. so we can put that yes. in the show notes okay. for everybody so oh, they can yes. see. It's beautiful. Like I said, we got the three missing manuscript pages. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Which is in vampire. Empires. <laughs> Thank you so much, Corrine. Corrine, it was, oh gosh, I'm still like giddy. And she yeah. sent beautiful notes along with it. And, notes uh, and tattoos oh, and stickers and, and stickers, stickers yes. and bookmarks and oh, just so much cool stuff. Wonderful. Gorgeous. Love it. Love it. Love it so much. All right. So that's it for housekeeping. Yes. Next thing we got is save it for the show. So let's do that. Save it for the show. Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. Save it for the show. This time is sponsored by Brianna Houston. Thank you, Brianna. Thank you, Brianna. Thank you, Brianna. This episode is for the show. The topic is PSA. Go, you guys. <laughs> Don't try to guess. It's time when. Yeah, it's time to be patient. Yeah, don't try to guess when the <laughs> second season is going to air or when the DVD is going to come out. No one knows at this point. No one knows. Yeah. Nope. Even no even Deb says she even Deb. Has, Deb has come right out and said, "Nope, don't know." Go ask Bad Wolf and Sky. <laughs> At the time of this Not recording, no one knows. Let, let's be real here because uh, I'm, I'm scared that as soon as we put this recording out, everyone will know. So yeah. <laughs> at the time of this recording, no one knows. So there's that. We are time And walkers. at the time of this recording, everybody's got their hands full with Killing Eve's new season coming out. Yes. What else for that PSA? Give us an example of what you're talking about, you guys, because people would be like, what? Stop trying to guess. I'm well, not trying to guess. What are you talking about? Someone had something show up on their from their cable provider uh, for a discovery of witches it shows season two episode one with the air date of september 28th and deb says no idea you need to ask sky one or sundance now or bad wolf tv same thing for an amazon dvd she says the same thing i have yeah. zero information and as gene pointed out and these questions have been coming up a couple like since the beginning of december yeah. Gene, yeah. gene pointed out last time that you know it could be a placeholder on amazon and i look at it as in, in brokerage when there's a we help a, a company go public we want our clients to buy the stock if, it, if it's appropriate for them. There's my compliance officer mm-hmm. blog. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> but we want our clients to purchase the stock, but we have to put out what's called an indication of interest. So it's not binding, but we put it out there. Hey, this is the deal. Clients show interest and then we can go ahead and sell it to them when the deal goes public. But that's kind of the same thing with the Amazon placeholder. Right. They've got to put it up. Well, it's like we all know the joy and pain of Amazon placeholders because God knows they put an Amazon placeholder up for uh, Serpent's Mirror. Mirror. Not that I'm bitter. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not talk about that clusterfuck. Oh, God. Oh, and Goodreads, too. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so, a big cluster. I mean, and the, the whole thing of it is, is somebody put that up on Amazon and all these other places, semi quasi official looking places, like started running with it. And I don't even think some of these dates were from actual cable providers. It was more like, hey, an aggregation site of all these new shows. You know, like how BuzzFeed will have all the new mm-hmm. shows coming out and. 
people are just guessing at this point. Yeah. And it kind of does um, mirror season one. And they could just be doing that just for sake of convenience to mirror season one. But that's not the yeah. actual date. So people are like, is it going to be just like last time? But yeah. And everybody is assuming it's going to be just just like last time. And not that we know either way. Everybody has to keep in mind that the deal for the U.S. distributors wasn't even inked, let alone the details. It was literally signed at Mm Comic-Con. And that's And even when we were, yeah, and even when we were at the con in Philadelphia, Jan basically said they still hadn't worked out all the details. Mm -hmm. So the situation this year is a little bit different because everybody's on board and signed up and ready to go. So the situation is way different because if it was just like last time, we'd be uh, recording uh, the episodes right now. Yes. Because last year at this time, we were recording like the last few up because we got previews so we can prepare for the release. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we would have already watched the show this time last year. And yeah, it's not just like last time because we had Teresa's pregnancy that, you know, they had to work around. They had to kind of film Mm -hmm. out a sequence. So there is a delay. Well, you're going to have to wait a year. And one small thing. They're not done filming. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I mean, little things, details. (laughs) They still have to go back for what, two, two, two or three weeks of filming. Mm -hmm. Right. I still see it out there now when Deb will put something out about the TV show. Some random person will come on there. When's season two coming yeah. on? That's all they want to oh, know. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm like, wait a minute. But I keep forgetting a lot of people are catching on to the right. series through uh, DVD, through watching it on streaming through so they don't know where to get these answers so they're just looking so it's going to require patience on our parts too as far as take a breath these people are new yeah. they don't know yeah, I mean it could, you it know. could be like yeah. any show better call soft they said hey there's a new season coming out I'd be like really when when you know when when who what <laughs> yeah <laughs> I want to know oh my god <laughs> But yeah, so it's going to require patience on all of our parts. Us as people, quote unquote, in the know or kind of know or we don't uh, listen. I am not purporting to say that, hey, yeah, we know everything. No, we don't. We we just know basic things. We don't know, but we kind of have an idea that it's going to be delayed. It's going to be 2020. Definitely. That's what everyone's saying. It's definitely 2020, but hey. we don't know when. And we don't know about a simulcast. Yeah, we're just kind of, we're, we're kind of hoping for a schedule so we can start planning things for you. And hopefully that will also give us a better idea of when to start expecting a trailer and maybe some more mm-hmm. uh, sneak peek pictures of actual people instead of just stuff. Shit. This time last year, we were planning an interview with Deb. That's how different yeah. this year mm-hmm. is. <laughs> yep. So, wow, the year went fast. Very fast. It was... All right. So we good? Anything else? Yeah, I was going to say that that decade, it was like Calvin and Hobbes going down the hill on that wagon, gathering up steam at the end. Oh, yeah. The transmorgan fire. crashes. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the dad used to crack me up. <laughs> <laughs> just Calvin's sweet little face whether it was uh, act face or happy face or sad oh face or... I, yeah I think my last thought is actually Calvin and Hobbes I always love the ones where he made all the snowmen yeah <laughs> oh man those things were those things were something out of a fright show 
All right. So I guess save it for the show is done. That was our public service announcement. The more you yeah. know and all that. The more you know, be patient. When when Deb knows, we'll know. And we'll try She's to be patient never... with new fans. We shall. Yeah. Yep. And uh, stick with us. After this break, we'll come up with some last thoughts and things we cannot let go of. Yay. Yay. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can contact us, send us your thoughts, email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com, leave us a voicemail at 360-519-7836, by the way, your carrier rates apply here, or leave one for free on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Now, if you can't remember any of that, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant contact, and all all that information will be there. You can also become a discusser there, fill out the form, and bam, you're a discusser. And the link to join our Facebook group is there too. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com. And if you really feel like deep diving, go to visit.demonsdomain.com slant master post. And you can read interviews, geek out with weekly geeks about all souls universe. Read about the characters. Keep that geek flag flying, guys. Do you like what we do? Help us fund what we do. Go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at demons discuss. If you're liking what you're hearing and you want to tell the world about it, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love them. We read them. It's wonderful. Also, it keeps Angela alive and we need her around, okay? Keep Angela who wants to start with last thoughts? Anybody? Me. I can't let go of the whole be- Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> I kind of like the idea of Diana Diana and Cora being Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> That's what I thought of. That's going like- to stick with me. It really is. I just love it. it, it my Gen X heart relates to it. Oh, I know. But and I was like, oh, I wish they would make a movie of that or something, you know? Or at least an animated cartoon. Something. It, yeah, like Peanuts was. And that's the whole thing. I think Calvin and Hobbes was Gen X's cartoon. Like Peanuts, Peanuts yeah. belonged to the baby boomers. Mm-hmm. Calvin and Hobbes is Gen X and he's just as nihilistic and <laughs> as we dystopian are. as we are. <laughs> Oh, I love me some Calvin. Um, I love Calvin and Hobbes, and I like Bloom County because of the, the yeah. penguin. Opus. Oh, the penguin was great. Yeah, yeah. And Bill the Cat. Bill the yeah. Cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are definitely Gen X things. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I always thought of. I was like, Diana and her little dragon. It's like I like that. And other parents would be like, oh, yeah, your little dragon. It's a stuffed dragon, Diana. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'll play along, you know. <laughs> but yeah. Mm. Angela, do you have any last thoughts? No. Before we go. No. Uh, no. <laughs> it just, now I'm going down yes, memory lane no. with favorite comics. I also liked um, Bizarro. There's. Oh, Yeah. Just that sense Bizarro. of humor, that dry sense of humor. Like I just Google, yeah. I just Google oh, yeah. Earth right now. And the far side. Yeah, the far side. Yes, oh. the far side too. But I just Googled yeah, it right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It's a guy sitting in a lounge chair and a guy laying down. He's like, but the, it's a physician saying, tell me about your father. And he said, can't we talk about me for once, dad? <laughs> it's just like <laughs> so, so simple and stupid and funny. I love it. And snarky. Yeah. Yes, snarky. That's, Super that's snarky. like perfect yes. for like Gen X snarky. We are some snarky son of a Oh, bitches. yeah. Totally. Yep. <laughs> but oh, yeah. in that old school 
vein, I broke out the original of Clue and Brecken and I played over Christmas and we had, we roped in some other family members too, but it was fun. Oh, yeah, fun. it was fun. In the parlor. With the rope. <laughs> with a lead pipe. Yeah. <laughs> I always liked that little lead pipe. Yes. I always did the candlestick. <laughs> oh, wow. Ah, uh, let me see my last thoughts. Uh, we're hungry. Um, let me yes, see. Yes. We're doing this in the afternoon, so that's kind of new. I hope you guys know that uh, we are planning to kick ass this year. Um, I don't know how that's going to work out, but we're planning we're on planning it. On yeah, it. We're, yeah. it's, it's, it's our, yes, we're hopeful. Hopeful. We're hopeful about kicking ass this year. Yes. Uh, towards the it's end. aspirational. Yes. Aspirational. Uh-huh. Towards the end of last year, uh, we all kind of got bogged down with work and everything. And so that Life. is why we took uh, a little brief hiatuses for you. It won't be yeah. but two weeks of a and, and no th- us. Thankfully, the, the life ass kicking pl- planned itself well and happened during the hiatus. So I know. It, it, yeah. it was all good. <laughs> it was supposed to be relaxing. Anyway, yeah. thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to our listeners, to our patrons, to everybody for sticking with us through those hiatuses, understanding that, yes, yeah, sometimes we do need a break and, so and we can come back fresh and, and ready new. to kick ass. Because one thing... Operation Snowball. <laughs> <laughs> one thing we do pride ourselves on is consistency. Yes. And sometimes we cannot always be consistent because of life, but we always try to get back on that horse. This is our first really, really planned hiatus. The last time we went on hiatus was last year. And that's only because we were planning for the television show and gave ourselves a little break. This year was a little bit uh, longer. So thank you for your patience for that. Yes. And uh, the episode you listened to before this was recorded last year. So we were planning ahead and we do always plan ahead. But please know that's not always possible. Also, uh, those of you who are writing us in our email boxes, different ones, please know the correct email to reach us at is demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. If you write us in our other email box, it might get pushed aside and forwarded to that. But try to remember to write us on demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. The contact form on our site is mainly for people to get a hold of us. We get spammed a lot. There is like, hey, we want to send an article to your blog. We want to do this. We want to... So sometimes we tend to take our times reading that. The podcast inquiries are always looked at first as far as that. And we don't always answer back on that one because sometimes it's a good question and we want to answer it on the podcast. We, If it's a question about the series or show or anything, we always answer on the podcast. So please keep that in mind, please, please, please don't, you know, get upset when we don't answer right away or just listen <laughs> for it on the podcast. We will answer. Yes. Other news for me to tell you, uh, we are... I don't know. I mean, it's all up in the air right now. I'm open to everything, uh, everything that's going on since we don't have a show until later this year. I think we're just going to press through with the chapters. And uh, I'm hoping to start Book of Life by mid-year this year. We're on chapter 37 of Shadow of Night. So we're over soon. Over soon. That's all I have. Anything else? Anybody like else? like the master housekeeper. Hey! Yes. <laughs> yes. That's what I do, baby. The house manager. Yes. 
Let's sweep this place clean. Okay, so we'll talk to you next time and let's say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye, Bye, everybody. Demon kiss. We'll talk to you next time. Yay. Bye. Bye.